All right, Maria Daniels here with Successfully Chaotic, and I have a special friend here today named Joe, and I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself and tell you all a little bit about who she is and what she does. Oh, hello, Maria. Hi, everyone. I, my name is Joe McCracken, and I, I'm the owner of Joe McCracken CPA. I'm obviously a CPA firm. I do tax return preparation, tax planning, estate planning, uh, QuickBooks Online, bookkeeping, and I also train owners and their staff how to use QuickBooks. So in a nutshell, that's pretty much what I do. And it's much needed. I, we, we, were, we were talking before we went on air about how I am definitely not a bookkeeper and definitely not an expert in tax preparation. <laughs> that's the funny thing about business ownership is when you first start, you're like, I totally got this. I know for me, I came from cor- the corporate world and you forget all of the things that go along with owning a business because you know, in the corporate world, most of the stuff's just done, like secretly, like little magic elves behind the scenes doing it all the time, you know, and you only have your one job. So then you're like, I could totally do this by myself. And then you start and you're like, oh, there's that that exists too. And I have no secret elves, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's bad. And you try to figure it out because you have no money to hire all these people to do it early on. You're like paying to work at that point, you know, you're just, and I know for me, I was like, I can figure it out. I can figure it out. I'm genuinely a pretty intelligent person. I'm not when it comes to bookkeeping and taxes though. I figured that out. So luckily I do have a CPA now that um, manages the madness, but yeah. So any of y'all that are listening and thinking, yeah, I can totally do my own taxes and totally do my own bookkeeping. Do not do it. Do not do it. Unless you are a CPA or an accountant, or have have a background in bookkeeping yourself. It's just not going to work out most of the time. (laughs) My my saying is, you're going to hire me now, or you're going to hire me later, (laughs) but one way or another, you're going to hire me. Yeah. People that try to do it themselves, but I mean, like you said, unless it's their specialty, they just don't know. And quite frankly, even for me as a CPA, I, I mean, I've been a CPA for over 30 years, and when I started my own business, you know, I, like you were talking, it's like I can do accounting in my sleep, but wow, um, there's, there's a lot of steps that you don't know when yep. you're doing, you know, working for somebody else, like come, even coming up with a name, you know, that clears about five hurdles yep. is, is something you never think about until you start your own business. And, you know, you know, the marketing side. I know accounting. So, you know, for me, the flip side is, you know, Facebook, what's Facebook, Uh, you know, Instagram and Twitter and trying to navigate all this stuff. I was on no social media whatsoever until I started my business. Zero. (laughs) There's a lot of people I know that's like that. I had accounts that I kind of just kind of would share photos of the kids because we have family members all over the place. That way they kind of kept up in the kids' lives and stuff. But I didn't really use it a whole lot until I started my business. Honestly, even though I was kind of in the marketing world, because I was kind of more of that. I don't want people in my personal life. I don't want them in my personal life, you know, type of thing. And now it's hilarious because now it's all public. <laughs> you know, everything's public. You know, there's no privacy anymore. I've made the comments. I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm far, far, far from, you know, be a, thank God, not like celebrity or so. I don't know how they deal with it because I know just from my tiny little public accounts like there's no privacy just random I mean people message the weirdest stuff all the time and I'm constantly having to deal with that and you know knock people off and mute people and the way Facebook's algorithms and stuff work if you block them it actually hurts your accounts you can't even block them you just got to ignore them 
So it's stuff like, like you mentioned, there's so many different behind the scenes stuff that, you know, if I wasn't in the marketing world and didn't know, like I didn't keep up with all the trainings on Facebook, I wouldn't know that that's how the algorithms works. Cause most people think, okay, well, they're annoying me. I own a business. That's okay. I'll just block them. Well, if you block them, you just knock your algorithms down. And most people don't know that because it, you know, and it's, it's like that, obviously like in the tax world too, like they change the walls and stuff all the time, you know, all the time. And it's like, I, I was joking whenever I was on the phone with, um, with the state of Ohio tax guy poor guy that got on the phone with me because I'm like listen I was like I'm just going to be 100 straight up honest with you yes it says consulting in my name but I am in no way a consultant in this area <laughs> I consult in marketing so pretend that I'm like eight years old and let's talk on that level that's what I told him because I'm like yeah I, at first he's like 501 and no 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 I'm like dude I don't know what these numbers are I'm like I don't I'm like I don't know what these numbers are I was like I have a CPA that just that like does this stuff for me and I just like sign it because there's no point in really looking at it much because I don't understand it anyway it's like looking at Mandarin and I don't speak Mandarin right so it's like you know so that I mean it's those kind of things that you know we say this all the time in the show that we start a business because of those one or two things that we do amazing and it doesn't mean we do them all amazing and actually most of the time there's lots of them that we not only don't do amazing but we straight up suck at it you know and so you know, and it is super hard to kind of decide on hiring somebody in because, you know, it's feast and famine in a business. When you own a business, small business, it's like, you know, you have lots of clients and all of a sudden you have none and then you have lots and then you have none, you know, and it's, it's just kind of like ebb and flow like that. So hiring somebody in to do something is super nerve wracking, but I've always been one of those people that says that if you can only hire one thing out you need to hire your accounting and bookkeeping out because that is like the lifeblood of your entire business. And, you know, if you don't know what money you have going in or out, or you don't know like what's going on with all your tax stuff, you could spend so much time doing that and still not get anywhere. And so, you know, that is the number one thing. I don't care. I, I said this to somebody the other day um, who I'm actually working with her on marketing and she doesn't have a CPA or a bookkeeper. I'm like, I was like, that you have got to do that. And she was like, well, you can consult, you can help. And I'm like, I cannot help in that. I was like, I don't know why people think they see the word consultant. And that means that you just like are the, cons you consult the world. Like, you know, it all, <laughs> they do. It is like a common misconception. I'm like, no, I was like, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Like, and I always share the stories about, you know, how I've, you know, take my stuff to my accountant and he just kind of like shakes his head at me and it's really sad, but that's just the way it is. That's not my thing. You know, it's not my, and sometimes he'll get stuff that's in shorthand, which is really funny. Cause then I forget what my shorthand is. And he's like, what does this mean? I'm like, I don't know what that means. I have no idea what I wrote that for. I'll have to look, you know, and it'll be like this, like chicken scratch. And I do that all the time. So it's like, yeah, it's my, my CPA earns his money. <laughs> and then some <laughs> poor guy. Well, that's usually the first time that somebody's forced to actually go to see a CPA is when their taxes are due. Yep. So they give you all their stuff and they, you know, they sheepish, sheepishly hand it to you, hoping you just don't like smack them upside the face. And then you, you look at it and you're like, what is this? I, I can't <laughs> deal with this. Here you go. So either you have to fix it or you have to pay me to fix it, which is why I say it's just better from the beginning I have one client who tried to do it all himself, and when he got his federal ID number, he signed up as one type of business entity, and when he signed up with the state, he signed up as a different type of business entity, and 
that's a no-go. <laughs> they have to be the same. You can't be an S-corporation for the IRS and a, and a sole proprietorship for the state. They have to be the same. Um, but he, and he just, he was really mad. He was like, well, how am I supposed to know that? I'm like, you're not, you're supposed to hire somebody like me yeah, to help you navigate that. And if you get it right from the beginning, it just makes your life so much simpler. It is. And, and way less expensive. It's a whole lot more expensive. Like I can't even count the unnecessary stuff I've had to pay my CPA than if I had just hired him from the beginning just to keep it all clean and neat. But instead, you know, I had some employees working for me and they were kind of doing it, even though they weren't experts at it either. So all they did was I still, I was mentioning before we went on air, I just found out about another mess from two years ago that we just figured out with the state today because, and it was like a typo that had been entered in by somebody that was working for me at the time, you know, and it's so, because obviously she was not an accountant, but she was working for me. And I was like, well, I'm doing it myself. So you're working for me so you can help me do it myself. So all that means is two unqualified people (laughs) were messing around in my gateway, which the gateway is so confusing. I don't know if all states are as confusing as Ohio is, and I'm not knocking Ohio, but it is so confusing. And when I first started um, dealing with it, it was when they were doing like the merge over, they were changing the websites over. So it made it even worse. So I go into something I don't know what I'm doing anyway. And I start to kind of figure it out and then everything merges over to something else. So it was, it was a mess. It was a hot mess, hot mess. Every so. state's different and some states are easier to navigate than others. But you know, the federal government's consistent. Every state no, and every state has different requirements that you have, you know, different hoops you have to jump through. Um, it, yeah, it's, it can get really confusing for people. Even, even for CPAs, it can sometimes get really confusing because like you said, when they switch over from one system to the next, everybody's in the same boat. Nobody knows what the heck's going on. But at least CPAs have the basic ground knowledge of, okay, well, I know this is how it's supposed to go. So you know what to look at because that's the thing. When you don't know what you're doing, you're in a system that you don't know. It's in a terminology that you don't know. <laughs> you know it's everything you just don't know. So you're just like randomly clicking things, which just makes it worse. You know, so it's just bad. It's just bad all around. So yeah, it's, um, it is a, it's a terrible thing to try to take on on your own. And it's, it's funny because I don't know that I've talked to any business owner, small business owners that that didn't try to do everything on their own at the very beginning, because like I said, you're cash poor. You are just like feeding this hungry baby, you know, your new business. And you're like, you don't have any more money. So you have no idea what you're going to do. But I always joke around. I'm like, okay, I don't care if you're counting pennies at this point to hire a CPA. (laughs) It's going to be better. (laughs) It's so much better than if you don't. It's going to be so much more expensive to try to do it later after you've already jacked it all up. And then they're having to go in there and kind of, you know, reverse engineer your giant mess you know and i'm speaking honestly for myself because it's bad so bad the couch cushions you know your car loose change you know i I think a lot of businesses will have money at least when they start for you know marketing and advertising but the one thing they never the two people they never think of to save money for, and they think they can skate by with it, are attorneys and CPAs. Yep. And starting off on the wrong foot, as you just said, can just cost you so much more later on. It's worth just, I don't know, keep your job, 
you know, your day job for a little while until you can save up enough money for an accountant and an and attorney. It just saves you so much time, money, and it aggravation does. in the long run. I, I even tell that to people, even if they're hiring me in on a consulting level to do, help them with marketing stuff is, you know, marketing is definitely important. I'm not saying it's not, you know, sales and marketing is also the lifeblood of the business. If you're not making sales, you're not getting money in. However, if you're starting out on a bad foundation, so like you said, your legal stuff is not taken care of and your finances are not taken care of. It doesn't matter how much you market it. You can market it to death and you can be getting all kinds of money in and it's falling out the other end because you don't have your foundation set in, point, you know, in place. And, you know, a lot of times I think business owners, new business owners, they're so bogged down by wearing all these hats all the time that they don't stop to think about the fact that they're just aimlessly running to get more clients. No, you don't need more clients. Just stop, 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 get your foundation in order, then get a marketing plan and then worry about all that. Because, you know, if not, you're just constantly reacting and putting out fires. And I was there, trust me, because, you know, I didn't have my foundation all the way late because I didn't even know what to do with half of it. But I thought, oh, I'll figure it out later on, you know, once it gets more clients in. Well, then the clients came and I'm just like reacting and trying to do all this stuff. And, you know, it's just like I'm spending so much money on the back end just trying to clean up messes all the time because I didn't have time to stop at that point and deal with it. It's easier before you get the clients. It's easier before you get the clients because then you can neatly build everything and then make a marketing plan and get the clients in neatly. Everybody's in such a hurry to hurry and make, you know, the first sales and stuff. And again, sales is important, but if you have a terrible foundation, it does no amount of sales and marketing is going to fix that problem. So, you know, you got to get your finances and your legal, you know, issues in order because like it or not, if you don't do it at the beginning and have it done right, you're going to end up having to do it later on because once you do start growing, they're going to find out your stuff is not all in order. And that's when <laughs> you're like, Oh crap. And then it costs so much more money, so much more money because you're not this, this little person that has one client, you know, you've got several clients at a point and, you've lost, you know, lost so much money on just letting it fall out the other end. And I, I made those mistakes. I made lots of those mistakes. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things that, you know, retrospectively, if I had to go back, I wouldn't have worried about, you know, any of the sales and marketing end of it, even though I'm in marketing and, I'm, and this is a marketing person saying this, I would have worried about figuring out to get the foundation level in order, even if it was doing you know, some side jobs to be able to get the money to be able to pay this person to do it actually had nothing to do, you know, with what I was doing in the business. I mean, you know, I had been freelancing before I started my own business, but then when I started my own business, I stopped freelancing. And when I was freelancing, I was doing anything that I was capable of doing. You know, I was writing for nutrition blogs. I was, you know, I'll doing all kinds of stuff. I could have still done some of those jobs to hire this, you know, CPA to work, to do some stuff. And yet I did not, you know what I mean? So I think it's, it's kind of one of those things that um, I always tell people whenever I'm sitting down with them. How, how long have you been, you said 30 years you've been in a CPA? Yes, yes, yes. Um, believe it or not, you and I were talking about this earlier, but you know, when I went to college, um, I went to college as pre-med and it didn't take long in, into that for me to realize that me, blood, and needles ends up with me on, on a floor, <laughs> passed out. I don't yeah. do very well with needles and blood. And, you know, to be a doctor, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I was just kind of lost going, well, what am I going to do now? Um, and my mom suggested that, why don't you just 
take an accounting class. You know, business is all about accounting and, you know, the language of business is accounting. Just take it. So I said, well, okay. So I take the class and like you said, it just, it might as well have been Chinese, Greek, Russian. I mean, I had a complete science background and all this accounting terminology and everything was, was just out of my wheelhouse. You know, it just didn't sink in. And, you know, of course, as hard as I tried, I still flunked it. And, you know, I'm pretty persistent. So I took it two more times. <laughs> and I think the best I got was like a D. I'm like, oh, great. This is good enough. It's just good enough for me to like get graduate from college and just get out. Yeah. You know, and about a year out of college, I ended up applying for a job as a bookkeeper for a small HVAC firm. And when I went to the interview, the lady asked me, she goes, well, have you had an accounting class? So I said, yes, I have. Yeah. She never asked me if I passed it. Yeah. I was there so, every day. I was there three times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she hired me. Um, and once I, and this was way before computer, you know, I'm old enough mm-hmm. that this is way before computer systems came out. So every morning I'd lug out these huge general ledger books. You know, that were like, you know, 12 inches wide and about eight inches tall. And there were like four of them. And I'd have to take them out of the safe. And I manually did all these entries in these books. And, you know, everything that I learned in the class suddenly made sense Yeah. when I was actually doing it. So I went, okay, I think I got this. I'm going to take this class one more time. This is, you know, the first accounting class one more time and see if I can get rid of this D off my... Uh, transcript so I took it again long story short ended up with like the second highest grade in the class and it's like now I get it yeah so I just kept going on until you know I I actually do not have a degree in accounting my degree believe it or not is in Spanish and biology Mm -hmm. um but I got the requirements to become a CPA um very long story ended up working for Arthur Anderson which at the time was the largest accounting firm in the world. And there went my career. So that was 1988. Pretty cool. I know. I like that um, you just were very persistent. I think there's a time and place to say, okay, maybe this is not what I like. Like you mentioned, you were pre-med and you, you know, being, you know, not being comfortable with being around needles is a little bit harder of a problem to overcome than the fact that, you know, something's not clicking, you know, in accounting. So, you know, I'm a big proponent of, of you know, do things afraid, you know, sometimes, but also be, be kind of reflective enough on your own personality, your own goals to say, okay, is this something I really want? Is this something that I want to jump over this hurdle? You know, because I think that's a question to ask because sometimes, you know, we end up falling through there. No, you should just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. But if you would have done it, you potentially would have went through lots and lots of years of college, lots of expenses still and hated it the entire time. So, you know, I'm one of those people that I'm, you know, I, I definitely am not a big pusher of, yeah, quit, quit, quit. But sometimes there is a time and a place where quitting is the appropriate thing. And then sometimes going ahead and pushing through is the appropriate thing. And I think you have to kind of look at, at why, you know, it's always a question of why, why, you know, why did you want to, you know, go ahead and stop, you know, pursuing the medical career? And then, you know, why were you wanting to go ahead and try to do the accounting again? 
you know, and I think those are two different goals. You know, the idea that you just got a poor grade, I think is a good goal to say, well, let's try it again, because not everybody learns the same, you know, and I think a lot of educational systems are very, very focused on usually one type of learning when there's lots of styles of learning. And, you know, you mentioned that whenever you went on the job and were, you were doing it on a day-to-day basis, that it just clicked. And I think there's a lot of people that are like that, that, you know, they can read it in a book or hear somebody say it all day long, and it's just not going to sink in until they actually try it. Like, you know, hands-on learning, most people, even if they're auditory learners um, also, most people do better if they can do hands-on because at that point, you know, they're able to tie more of their senses together and it makes more connections in their brain. And it also allows them to see, do I really like this? Which I, I think is a really important step. You know, I think that, you know, all too often we hate a class and then we just decide that it's not for us or even, even worse, we love a class and we think that, we think that, oh, this is definitely what I want to do whenever, you know, the reality day to day of it is really not like that class at all. You know I, mean? I think that that, that's something that people need to think about. <laughs> oh, yes, so, definitely. I mean, there's, there's been a few things over, over my lifetime that, it, you know, it just, and I think you're right. It's, different learning styles. Um, you know, I think it's easier to learn things now. Perfect example, at some point in time, um, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I wanted to go back and get my master's in nutrition. Mm-hmm. It's really into bodybuilding, really into nutrition. Um, and I had to take organic chemistry. And I passed organic chemistry when I was younger, but it still never really kind of sank in really well mm-hmm. but you know nowadays it's you, you when you take organic chemistry you know you get little models that you can play with you know they have uh, computer modeling so you can visually see you know how atoms and combine and things like that and it was just a whole different process than just reading a book when I took it the first time and you're just you, you can't visualize it if you can't visualize it at least for me, it didn't make sense. I, I couldn't figure out what, what was going on. But, you know, nowadays there's so many different ways that they try to teach you organic chemistry so you can see it and understand it better. And it was just like a light bulb. It was another one of those situations where a light bulb went off. It's like, oh, okay, now I get it. I know you meant, you were mentioning um, bodybuilding. I, I, I know one of the things that we talked about um, is just that you have a goal that every year you do one thing that you're afraid of. And I love that. Can you kind of tell our listeners just kind of why you started doing that? Maybe some examples of some of the things that you do? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, when I was younger, I was very kind of shy, very insecure. And, you know, to this day, even when I walk into a room full of like a hundred people that I don't know, you know, I really have to stand up straight, pull my shoulders back and force myself to walk forward into the room because it's just still a little scary. Um, But, you know, at some point in time, I never wanted to have regrets in my life. I don't mind trying something and failing. I, it really bothers me if I don't try. Um, So at some point in time in my twenties, I said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of being afraid of things in life. I'm just going to do it, you know, so I've done some crazy things. So things that, you know, totally outside my wheelhouse, 
totally outside my comfort zone. And I said, I'm just going to do it. So, you know, bodybuilding was one. I mean, not only just bodybuilding, but getting on a stage, you know, 10 months later in a bikini that's so small that you have to <laughs> glue it to your body, yeah. you know, in front of 2,000 people screaming and yelling. And by the way, woman's worst nightmare, you know, they're judging you on your body. Yeah. One of women's biggest fears is to be judged on your body. And I got up on that stage and I walked across about as I faked my my pride as best as I could and did it. You know, once you do something like that, you're so afraid of, um, it's it's not so scary anymore. Um, so I did bodybuilding. I've gone skydiving. Um, the stratosphere in Las Vegas has some rides on the top. You know, I'm afraid of heights, and yet I got on those crazy rides. Um, even starting my business was, you know, quite frankly, pretty scary. Um, you know, you give up your full-time job and you start you start your own business, and you don't. The future is not set in stone. Um, you know, you don't necessarily know where your money's coming from from week to week. So, um, I, I I think at this point in time. I just, I'm not quite as dive into it as you are, but, you know, I, I, I definitely learned to just put the fear in the back of your head and, and to get the courage to, to step, take one step forward and then another step and then another step. And after a while, you know, you turn around and you're five miles down the road and you realize you're not dead. Um, yeah. You're, you're still survive and, you know, you're braver and, for for the journey. I agree. And I, you know, one of the things that I always ask myself and I ask people even that I'm working with on different things, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You know, you ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? You know, obviously, obviously if the worst that can happen is really, really, really bad, you've got to make a little bit of a different decision. You know, is it worth the risk? You know, but for a lot of the things we're afraid of, what is the worst that could happen? You know, what's the worst that could happen? And you mentioned about being afraid to start a business. I was afraid to start a business, which is funny. I mean, you know, I always tell people all the time that um, I'm an extroverted introvert, which I just learned the term omnivert. So now I've been using that because I didn't even know that was a term, but, and, and that's what I am. You know, I can be very extroverted. You know, if I'm, I, if I'm in a room, I have no problem talking to people. That wasn't always the case though. You know, I used to be very afraid to do public speaking. And I do, I've spoken in front of thousands of people now. Um, and, you know, and I used to be very afraid um, to try things new. You know, I would be very anxious. I'd have to work myself up to it, pep talk myself into it. And, um, you know, there's still those feelings every once in a while that start to come, but I've learned how to push them away. You know, it's almost like you, you mentioned that, that, you know, you just tell yourself, you know, to go ahead and do it. And that's what I did. You know, I would tell myself, actually, I would say, you're not afraid. You're, why are you afraid? You're not afraid of this. And I pretty much pep talk myself in my mind. And that, that I can remember the first time that I really, really, really was terrified. Um, my mom sang a lot. Um, we went to, we sang like Southern gospel stuff. Um, mom went to we went to a Southern Baptist church growing up and mom was a singer. And sometimes she'd force us to force us to get up there and sing with her. And I was terrified to walk up. It was the walking up there. That was the worst walking up there. Everybody's staring at you. Right. And then you get up there and I was, 
I don't know, probably 11 or 12 or 13, but I felt like far too cool to get up there with my, with my mom and my siblings and sing some stupid song that I didn't like, you know, but I was forced to because I was a kid and that's what I was told to do. So I'd get up there and I was just like staring out at everybody. And I mean, there was a couple hundred people, but it felt like just like thousands, you know what I mean? And I would be nervous, but I developed the idea that if I told myself, um, and this is like well-documented people do it all the time, but I thought I was making it up at the time. You know, I tell myself, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. And it was just kind of like the mind over matter idea that if I told myself I wasn't afraid, I would actually feel not afraid anymore. So, you know, that was kind of the beginning of me figuring out about how much, you know, power your mind actually has. So if you tell yourself you're afraid, you're going to feel more afraid. But if you tell yourself you're not afraid, you're not going to be afraid. And that doesn't mean that, you know, whenever I've had to do big things, there wasn't like a, like an instant that I felt that fear because there was, but I didn't let it stay there. I'd feel it for a second. I'd say, Nope, I'm not afraid. It's not a big deal. And I'd ask myself, what's the worst that could happen? I could get up there and sound stupid. Okay. Well, that's fine. I pretty much made that my brand, especially, you know, <laughs> with the podcast and stuff. I'm like, okay, well, you know, and I think that's part of it too. If, if you can go ahead and just kind of laugh at yourself and say, okay, well, I'm not perfect. I'm a human, you know, I'm human human errors. I don't know everything. I don't want to know everything. I'm fine saying the things that I suck at. And if you already can kind of call yourself out on it, if other people say it, it's like, okay, well, I already said that too. So who cares? You know, if you think that that's great because you just agreed with me on the fact that I just said that I think that about myself too, you know? So, and I think it's if we, if we are so hung up in, you know, wanting to portray that we have it all together, wanting to portray that we're perfect, wanting to portray those things. I think those things eat at us a little more and it's taken me years. I mean, I've, I've been able to slouth off a little more of my, you know, I guess my hard shell of, you know, wanting to be perfect all the time. But I think that your comment of doing something afraid, I think that goes into it. You know, it was not an overnight thing. You know, it's been a little out of time to get to the point that I am now where I'll pretty much talk about anything, you know, at any time, anywhere. And I don't really have anything to hide because I don't care. You know, I've made great decisions in my life. I made terrible decisions in my life, you know, and I have no problem talking about that, but that was not something that was an overnight thing for me. So, you know, the idea of do it afraid, I think could be taken into so many different areas. And I, I love that, um, that you said that. And I think that's something that a lot of people could take from. And even if they started with something small, what was the first do it afraid thing that you did? Can you remember? Oh boy. Um, I'm putting you on the spot here on that. If you can't remember. I, I'm thinking <laughs> actually it, it was probably the stratosphere because we went, a, a group of like 11 women, we all went out for a girls weekend to Las Vegas. And it was the weekend that the stratosphere in Las Vegas opened. So we were there like day two of the stratosphere even opening. And the line was massive to go on these rides on the top. And I didn't realize until we got actually on top of the building, um, that I was afraid of heights, didn't know it until I'm standing there and the wind's whipping and you're like 120 stories up. And then you get on a ride that shoots you up another 15 stories up in the air. Yeah. Um, and they make you take off your shoes and jewelry, anything that could possibly like fly off the edge of the building because, you know, something small could probably kill somebody oh, yeah. when it hits the ground 120 stories later. Um, but yeah, I just remember looking at my sister and my friend, Laura Beth, 
and we were on this ride and it was like four people and they were on either side of me trying to calm me down because I was so nervous. And there was a guy with a camera there, right? When it, sh it shoots you straight up in the air. And they're trying to calm me down. They're going, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And they shoot us up and I look over and they're like, <laughs> they are screaming at the top of their lungs. And I'm just laughing um, because they're the ones who are like, oh yeah, no big deal. And they're the ones <laughs> screaming their heads off. And, and the, the photographer on the ground who took the pictures got that, that I was laughing at the two of them screaming in fear. So um, yeah, it, it was still a little rough, but I, I mean, you're right. The first question you should ask yourself is what's the worst that could happen? What's the best that could happen? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if the worst that could happen isn't death, <laughs> um, go for it. You know, yeah. I think so many people are stopped by what will other people think. Absolutely. And it really took me years to get past what other people thought. And now I'm kind of like you. It's like, I, just, I don't care. People don't like me. That's, you know, that's their choice. There's, yeah. if they don't like me as a CPA, there's other people out there. You know, there's a, there's a there's a match for you somewhere. I agree. And I think that, you know, I think that is part of the life learning process is getting to the point where you don't care what people think. And there were some levels of my life that I never cared what they thought, but then it's like, as I've gotten older and I figured out that again, you ask yourself, you know, lots of why questions. I ask myself lots of why questions on everything now. And it's like, why do I care what they think? What, you know, what is, you know, what is that value that, you know, they're giving me by giving me their opinion? Is it something that I'm asking them for their opinion? Or, you know, is it, is it like um, kind of a mastermind situation where, you know, you are in a group of people who are critiquing and then great, then take that, you know, constructive criticism to help you grow and build or whatever. I think those kind of situations are great if you're actively seeking their opinion. But if you're just worried about, oh, if I post this, then they're going to think this, or, oh, if I don't show my perfectly curated, you know, Instagram account, then they're not going to, you know, want to work with me, you know, and I worried, that was something I worried about for a while, especially since I'm in marketing, because people think that marketing, I mean, marketing is so vast, but you hear the term marketing and you think that everything has got to be perfectly curated, but that's not my brain of marketing. That's not my style of marketing. You know, my style of marketing is very personalized and customized to who that person is and who I am as a person is not, you know, curated at all. <laughs> you know what I mean, that is not who I am. And so I kept thinking, like I worried about it for a while. And I actually started trying to think about how to get it, you know, those pretty little things that you see. And I'm like, you know, I have, I'll put some pretty on there every once in a while, but I put lots of stuff funny because that's what I like. And, you know, and I don't worry about always being on brand colors or brand font or brand image. There are times and places for those things with giant corporations like Nike or Amazon or whatever. You want everything very branded. But for somebody that's super, super small, that's not, that's usually not a big major issue is, is brand identity. You know what I mean? Because most of the people that you're going to be working with is going to be somebody that, um, you know, just, just likes your personality or likes what you're putting. They've connected with you on a personal level, you know, at most business interactions, um, with super small businesses end up being very personal and emotional driven. So that's what I care about. And that's kind of what I help people with because, you know, 
until you get to that point of being like Disney or Amazon or Airbnb or whatever, I don't care what your brand colors are. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean, and I know a lot of people would argue with me, but, and I, and if you've got the the financial wherewithal to be able to pay to have all that done, then whatever you do, you and do that. I, I didn't feel the need to, I mean, hire somebody in to make it all perfectly curated all the time. Because again, I, I don't care, you know, and, and it, again, that's one of those things that did take me a while to not care what people thought, because for a while I was like, well, I'm in marketing. And most people automatically assume marketing is all perfect and pretty all the time. No, 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 no. And I'm like, you know what? This is not my brand of marketing. And I'm okay with that. You want that type of marketer? I can give you a long list of people. If you want somebody that's going to say, okay, here's what you need to do. Yeah. You just nailed it. It's, you know, the things that people should focus on at the beginning are, like you said, get your foundation, your legal, your bookkeeping stuff done first. The branding and the colors, I mean, that can, you know, pick some colors and run with it. You can always change it later. Is it, yeah. is it major? Is it going to change your foundation? No. Is it going to make it look more professional? Yes. But you can just throw something out there and change it later and it's not really going to affect your foundation at all. Um, but yeah, getting your Absolutely. foundation right is a good one. Well, and I, I mean, I even teach a class that I was actually told by several other marketers, don't teach that class. You don't want to teach that class, which just, I'll be honest, maybe you want to teach it even more, but I call it ugly launch, you know, like launch ugly, because, you know, I'm not saying put a bunch of crap together that doesn't make sense, but forget the fine details because most people spend so much time on the fine little details and they're, they're missing what really counts, which is again, making sure your foundation is in point, but then also it's about conversions after that point. If your foundation is in point and you're ready to do business, it's about conversions. You know, a pretty whatever most of the time doesn't create a conversion. You know, your conversions are going to be you know, being able to speak the language of the person that you're targeting, being able to address their problem and being able to talk their language and show that you have the solution to their problem. So, you know, that is how you start to convert stuff. And if, again, if you've got like an endless budget to be able to do every single thing perfectly curated all the time, go for it, whatever. It does look better. I'm not saying it doesn't. It does look better. But for most people, small businesses, you know, I don't have that budget and I have people that do that for other people, but I don't want to spend the money to do that because for me, I always look at again, why, you know, what's going to be my ROI on that. And I don't feel that it's going to make even make up the money that I would be spending. So to me, it's not worth it. And that's the same thing I tell to my clients, you know, again, the launch ugly thing came from the fact that, you know, I talk to people all the time just about that. People say, well, I need to be able to do this. I need to be able to do it. Well, why, why do you want to do that? You know, and they'll be like, well, everybody else, well, who cares? We're not talking about everybody else. Everybody else is not paying your bills. So let's worry about what you need to do. You know, cause I don't, I don't agree with just doing, you know, the same checklist with every single person. Cause everybody's, you know, business goals are so different. And, you know, I think that again, going to back to a foundational level, you know, you need to have, you know, somebody taking care of your books and your taxes. That's a have to. You need somebody taking care of your legal. That's a have to. It's a great idea if you're not in marketing to have somebody to kind of at least get you on the right path. There's lots of things you can do for yourself, but at least get you going, you know, on the road to what you need to do, but forget the perfectly curated everything. 
you know, you just want to have all your ducks in a row, as they say, and worry about the ROI and the conversions. Cause that's, that's a business. Cause there's plenty of people I've been hired in to help companies. And I, I used this as an example the other day, I've been hired in to help companies that have like a couple hundred followers and companies that have thousands upon thousands of like over like hundreds of thousands of followers and the conversion rates on the thousands and thousands of followers is not where it should be because yes, it all looks pretty, but it's a pretty shell of crap because, you know, they are not converting, you know what I mean? And I know not all of them are like that, but that, you know, my, my point is the one was so worried about, let's get more followers, let's get more followers. I'm like, why let them come to you organically? Yeah. Share it, whatever. But if your goal is just followers, what is the ROI on that? What are you offering these followers that's going to create money? Because that's the problem with a lot of these, you know, the idea of marketing is you end up with these huge accounts, but they're shells because they're not converting anything. You know what I mean? And that is what you got to look at because you can have an account that has, you know, a couple hundred followers and a big percentage of those are real paying clients and then you can have hundreds of thousands of people and you know they might have two paying clients you know what I mean and it doesn't it doesn't matter so you know forget this idea that kind of that more is better mentality get your foundation kind of in order and you know kind of go from there and you know a lot of people it goes back to the do it afraid because a lot of people and I was one of these people are so afraid to launch something out because again it's not perfectly curated or they're afraid what people are going to think or they're afraid well if I put it out there it doesn't look like so and so's account and then you know they're going to think I don't know what I'm talking about who cares because you're right people are going to like the idea that a lot of my clients like the idea I'm not making them pay more money for something that's not making them more money I, I'm the one that going no why do you want to do that and they're looking at me going I don't know because I was told by my last marketing company to do that. But why? Is it going to make you more money? Well, no. Well, then why do you want to do it right now? Because I'm looking at your budget and your budget's telling me not a good idea. You know, if you had like an endless budget, fine, whatever, make it look better. But you don't. So why are we not putting the money here where that's going to make you more money? Because that's, you know, that, that's what is smart. I mean, you know, your, your bookkeeping, like, and your, you know, you may not be, making money on you're saving a crap ton so that's also very important <laughs> you know yeah that my grandpa always said a penny saved is a penny earned and I'm a big believer in that uh you know I, I mentioned this the other day and I actually probably should do it I would like to see what I actually spent on just cleaning up the messes that I made in in retrospect of what it would have I know it's a whole lot more that I spent you know trying to clean it up after trying to do it myself but I want to actually see how much I think that would be really fun like graphic to make because I know it's terrible I know it's really really bad because oh, sometimes let me know. that would be yeah. that would be an interesting number to know <laughs> I would yeah I, I'll get yeah I'll give you a copy of it because I, I actually I'm because I tell the stories all the time just because again I think it's important to for people to know that they don't have to be afraid of saying, I don't know what I'm doing because nobody expects, you know, you, if you're a boutique owner, nobody expects you to be a, a tax expert or a bookkeeping expert, you know what I mean? Or, you know, if you're like me and you're, you're in, you know, to marketing or even my nutrition, you know, my wellness company, neither of those are financial <laughs> related. I am terrible. Actually with, when it get, comes to numbers, like with just like bookkeeping and stuff, my brain doesn't care. It's like one of these things that my brain's like, we don't need this. It's like pfft, spits it out the other side. And, um, I don't like, I've actually tried to learn some of it and 
like I'll watch it and it, it literally is like I can feel my brain going I don't want to do this <laughs> you know? right. I don't care about well, this <laughs> people think that they can do their own keeping and tax returns and all that stuff but let me put this in perspective and that is you know don't let's ignore bookkeepers and tax preparers to have totally different requirements but to be a just to become a CPA you have to have a master's degree in accounting. You have to go work for somebody and intern them for a year or two. It depends on the state. You know, Ohio's two years, Kentucky's one. So you've just put in a minimum six or seven years of studying and working to do this. And you have to pass a really nasty three, three day exam to become a CPA. So why would somebody think that in just a few weeks, if it takes me six or seven years and an exam to pass to do this, why would somebody think that they should, they should know how to be able to do this? It, I think it's an unreasonable expectation of people that think that they should know to do this. And it's like, no, unless you've had six or seven years of training, no, you really shouldn't know how to do this. That's why we exist. And I think that's, that actually makes me feel better. <laughs> that's the, that actually makes me feel better about myself because that's what, I mean, I think that there's so many people that, that like me was just like, well, later when I can afford to, then I'll bring somebody in and you know, it's okay. I'll have my books and my books were hilariously not books, but I'll have my books right. And they can just take it over from that point. Cause you know, in my mind, it wasn't that big of a deal, but in retrospect, I should have from the day that I started doing anything with money, whether it was paying it out, you know, or even before I started getting it in, you know, I should have had somebody doing it because it would have saved, because I didn't know what I was doing. And I would get asked, I can remember when I took my stuff to my CPA, he would ask me a question. I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. You didn't keep the record on that? No, I didn't keep the record on that because I was doing it like a checkbook. You know, I was doing it like a checkbook. I wasn't keeping, I would keep like some receipts on stuff, but it was, it was awful to try to figure out. And then half the time people's receipts still don't say what it is. It's like a bunch of numbers. I'm going to rack on my brain trying to figure out what it was. You know, it was just, it was so terrible, so terrible. And I'm, I did try to do um, QuickBooks and tried to watch the, you know, the tutorials. I'm like, I can totally do this. I can totally do this. No, I had my QuickBooks so messed up and I linked it to my accounts and the stuff was listed like twice, three times. It was like so bad. I had, <laughs> I destroyed everything to the point that my CPA is like, we're just going to cancel this one and start a, a whole another one because it's going to be easier than trying to clean this up. Cause I had done that much stuff. Cause just click back to clicking, click this and click that and click this and click that, you know, just clicking things. Cause you know, we don't know what to do. Just, we'll just click more. Cause that makes it, that makes it all better. Right. But click this, that'll help. Nope. Didn't help. I was, it was just so bad. It was just like, and again, what, for whatever reason, my brain sees anything that is related to like, type of accounting at all and it's like doesn't care so it was it was just it was a terrible situation so yeah so the, i you know i tell well, these stories you're not I, alone yeah well and that's why i tell them stories better. you're not alone <laughs> you're not the first person to do that no and and i think it's important to kind of share that stuff because you know i guarantee you somebody listening right now is also has a quickbooks account also has stuff like popping in there that they don't know how to reconcile because they've just been clicking crap. And, you know, also are like, I was afraid when I first took the stuff to my CPA because I was afraid of the judgment. Cause at that point it wasn't just a little mess. I tried to clean it up before I took it to him several times. Cause I knew it was a mess and I was trying to clean it up before I took it to him, but I was just making it worse. You know, I was making it so much worse. 
So finally I decided to take it to him and I was just like, I'm really sorry <laughs> that this is the way that it is, but you know, and I mean, it was, <laughs> it was so bad, but again, what's the worst that could happen? I already knew it was terrible. I made a joke about it. So the worst that was going to happen is he laughed at me with me because <laughs> I was also laughing at myself at that point because I knew it was a mess and, you know, just going ahead and being honest first of all, with yourself of saying, okay, yes, you may be a relatively intelligent person, but number one, and this is like looking back, I did not have the time to learn a whole nother profession, which is pretty much what you're doing. If you're trying to do your own books, I didn't have the time for that, nor did I want to, did I want to learn bookkeeping? No, I hate all of that kind of stuff with a passion. So why I thought not only could I do it, but I would want to do it. I don't even know. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's like, it's those things that it's like, you know, when you come out of and you're looking back, I try to save people from that. And I'm telling anybody listening now, just stop, like put the mouse down, (laughs) step away from the computer. Yeah. There is a certain amount of accounting that I think all book, all all business owners should know, but that's not the bookkeeping. That's being able to look at a financial statement and yep. understand what it means. So I think people focus on the wrong thing. They're, they're too busy trying to figure out how to input an expense or to send yep. an invoice. And it's like outsource your weaknesses, focus on your strengths. But at a minimum, I think business owners need to be able to look at a profit and loss statement, understand what it means and to be able to tell if they're making money or not, because that's where the gold is in running a business is, Mm -hmm. you know, no sales, no money, you know, and you need to be able to see if you're making money or, you know, look at your profit margins. Are your profit margins getting, you know, getting bigger or are the more money you make, the less net income you make, I mean, you need to be able to to look at it and interpret it and see how it can help your business. I know for me, um, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this or, lot, or not, but I, I read the book Profit First and it actually um, sank into my brain. And I've been following the Profit First model of accounting. And I've, you know, I, my accountant does all the bookkeeping and stuff, but it, I like it a lot. Um, and again, I'm not an accountant, so I can't tell you from an accounting level, you know, if it's better or worse or doesn't matter or whatever. But for me, it makes more sense. And you have, you set up separate accounts and um, you're allotting things into the different accounts because, you know, even though, I mean, I, I definitely am not an accountant. I, I definitely don't know bookkeeping and I hate every aspect of it. I agree with you on the fact that you yeah, profit on loss sheets, you know, ROI, all that stuff. I have to know that. And I actually don't mind looking at that because that's telling me what's working and what's not. Right. But as far as the day-to-day expenses and what's going out, what's going in, what needs to be here, what needs to be there, what taxes. No, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to know that. I don't care. (laughs) You know, just tell me what I owe. (laughs) You know, that's all I need to know and why, what I need to do better, you know, whatever. Um, it just, that, that's, that's not, you know, my thing, but I do like the profit first. Um, I would be interested in you looking at that and seeing like what you're from a professional standpoint on, um, what you thought the profit first. Yeah. I just wrote the book. I just wrote the title down. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, like I, I, I've got the hard copy. I also got it on, um, audible and, um, I really, really like it a lot. It's, 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 it's made a lot of sense for me and it's helped me 
really know um, and focus on my spending in the business um, and also my, um, you know, what's coming in, you know, my, so it, it, for me, it not only has everything a lot of, like I've got a tax account that automatically my taxes go into. So I'm not like fumbling around like, Oh my God, I need money for taxes. You know, I don't have to worry about it. Automatically goes into it, you know? And I also have, you know, accounts where profit first, I'm moving my profit into it. So I can visually see that. And just from a psychological standpoint, as a business owner, um, a lot of times your, your profit, like from the normal accounting way, your profit obviously is what's left over at the end. But if you already kind of know your numbers or are calculating your profit and building your profit into your numbers and stuff, you go ahead and move that in there. That almost is kind of gives that psychological win that we like, and we see that money go in there and it's that instant win that makes us push more. And it has helped me a lot, honestly. And, you know, to be able to know what I have in each account, my accounts are allotted based on, you know, you know what they are. And I don't have to guess on what stuff is. I don't have to worry about all the bookkeeping sheets and stuff, or I don't really even look over them unless my CPA is like, Hey, I need you to look at this and answer this. I don't even look at them. You know, I just look at my profit and my loss and, you know, my expenses and, you know, all that. That's all I look at. So like, yeah, I'd be interested in that, but I really like that. I like that book a lot. And I think it is, um, it's been a big helper for somebody that's not in that profession to understand the portions of it that I, as a business owner, need to understand and make it make sense to me. Because I didn't understand a lot of it from, you know, the ways that, um, it was presented to me from somebody that knows what they're talking about. Cause they're speaking like, again, they're speaking a different language. Right. But to me, this almost took it right. on the other side and allowed me to do it on the front end in a way that made sense to me and connected it on the back end. So it was almost like a win-win. I know my CPA likes it because <laughs> it's, it makes it to where it's a whole lot easier for him. He's not having to try to spell stuff out for me all the time. He's not having to, you know, like I mentioned before he went on, talk to me like I'm eight years old. Pretend I'm eight. That's what I tell people if I'm talking to him at the state is on for taxes. Is I pretend like I'm an eight-year-old and talk to me like that because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> because, you know, because if you're not in that, it's, it is. It's, it's like speaking a different language and it's, it can be so confusing and overwhelming. And again, I don't want to learn another profession. And I am to that point in my life now that I'm very careful on my boundaries of stuff. You know, I will outsource it all day long. And if I don't have the money to do that, I figure out, can I barter it? I barter all the time. You know, can I barter with you? Hey, you need help with this? I need help with that. Let's barter this out, you know, and maybe it doesn't 100% equal out, but you know, you might be able to cut your costs down some, you know, don't, you got to be learn to be resourceful. You know, if you can't afford to do something, figure out how to get the money or figure out, do you have something they need? You know, do you have something that you can barter out? Because, you know, take just deciding to do it yourself is terrible and you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. I think I've mentioned that like a thousand times only because it's that important. So if, if, right. if you were talking, um, or like you are talking, so if you're talking to business owners listening uh, right now and, you know, maybe they are just starting, you know, just starting out, maybe they're in a mess, but we're not going to talk about those, but if they're just starting out, what would be some steps that they would need to take to get to the point to get everything ready? Because you mentioned about having basic knowledge, and I'd say a lot of them don't have that basic knowledge on, you know, understanding profit, understanding, like, what, what would you recommend somebody do? Is that something you work with people on or send them links to somewhere to learn it? Or how does that work? Yes. I'm, I'm actually working on a e-course 
on how to start your own business. Um, it would definitely be cheaper than spending a couple hours with a CPA, having them hold your hand, but um, it's just not easy to start a business. And at least some things, there's an order, in my opinion, there's an order that you have to go through. And some things can go a little out of order, but you know, you don't get a website before you come up with a business name. Yeah. So there is a definite order to certain things. You can't get a business checking account unless you have a business name and you've registered with your state, your county, your city. Um, so there is an order and I'm trying to go through this in this course and explain it. And I hope to go live um, October, I'm looking at my calendar, October 19th. Okay. I'm trying to get through the uh, October 15th tax due date. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm working on this. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it in pretty good shape, but it's not polished yet. It's not, it's not the way I want it yet. So, and I'm not sure when this will air yet or not, but if it has, if it airs after I'll have to look and see, but if it airs after um, the 19th, I'll have the link in the show notes, actually either way. Uh, you know what, if you're listening, I'll make sure, even if, if we air this before that, I'll go back and edit the show notes and make sure there's a link to be able to find out more about your e-course. Cause I think that's important because again, when we come up with an idea to start a business, we start a business because it's like, Oh, I really love this. And I'm, I'm great at this. And then you start to get into the other junk. And if you're like me, you're just clicking buttons and doing this and you jump here and do that. And you might know the basic steps to take, but I was surprisingly unprepared for all of the things I didn't know. <laughs> and, you know, I, tried to figure out and I'm pretty good in uh, being resourceful and figuring things out on things but there's some things you just don't want to just figure out you know and I again learned the hard way on that kind of stuff but you know it's 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 one of those things that you know if you've been working for someone else for so long you know you've had lots of things going on behind the scenes that you never even thought existed or knew exist there were so many things I didn't even know existed like, I didn't even know it existed. And I would find out later when somebody asked me, I'd be like, I don't know. I didn't even know I was supposed to be doing that, you know, because I didn't. I didn't know I was supposed to be doing that. And, you know, it's it's over, you know, some of the basic things that, you you know, you obviously, most people know that they, you know, need to register with the Secretary of State. They need to get an EIN, get a business checking. But a lot of people make the mistake, and I didn't do this, thankfully, but, uh, well, I guess I kind of did. I kind of probably did it worse, actually. I'll explain that. So you don't, you want to use your personal. I actually opened a business account, but then I would constantly forget my business account number. So then I would just put in my person. Yeah, no, see, you're, you're, she's covering her face right now because of this, the horror that's coming out of my mouth. So I would put in my personal account number and then I transfer the money because it's the same bank. I transfer the money over <laughs> to cover it because I couldn't remember my business checking, but I had my personal checking for like, ever. And I know I could tell you the routing number and everything by heart. So I would know it. So I was just in there. I'm like, I'll just transfer it over because again, not accountant, not knowing how bad of a problem that is. And, um, 
my CPA statement was actually like, okay, you know, a lot of people will start uh, their business and use their personal checking account. I always say, don't do that. He said, this is actually surprisingly worse that you started one and you're transferring it back and forth. He said, that's a bigger mess than if you had just been using your personal one. He said, so congratulations, I guess, on being able to come uh, help me come up with another example of what not to do. Cause I didn't even think of this one. And you thought of it for me. I was like, that's what I'm good at. I'm good at finding oh, yeah. holes and <laughs> good at finding the things that you shouldn't do guarantee you I will land on it somehow if I'm not guided away from it because to me I didn't think about it you know to me not the accountant professional I'm thinking what's well, the same thing because I've got my receipt I'll just show my receipt but it, but you know from the banking side of things it's just like transfers back and forth from a business and it just looks so weird it looks looks like he, I can't remember what he he might have said like money laundry I don't remember what he said it looked like it looked bad anyway I was just like well that's not what's happened I do have receipts and he was like well that's good he said it's good that you got receipts he said but don't do this anymore so uh, you know that oh, was yeah. one of those things that was one of those things that you know I didn't know I had the business checking you know so I mean I did do that but then just would transfer or I would, you know, be somewhere and only had my business card with me, but it wasn't a business. So I just used my business card or be somewhere. And it was for a business only had my personal card. with me, So you just use my personal card, you know, because to me, it was just like, well, they're both mine. You know what I mean? I wasn't working. It's like, I wasn't, I wasn't working for somebody else. So to me, it was the same thing, but in reality, your business is its own entity. So you cannot do that. So you have to pretend like your business is somebody else's business because it can't be counted as yours like that you know what I mean and that was one of those things well, that never clicked the thing the thing about it is unless you're a sole proprietorship and that's it yep. um there yep. is no separation between you personally and you and your business however if you are anything else but a sole proprietorship you know they're separate separate entities and I know how hard it is when you go to Office Depot and you've got stuff for your business and you've got stuff for you personally, like back to school supplies or something. You got to put them in two files and you got to pay with them with two different credit cards and people behind you are getting angry because they're like, hurry up. You know, you don't understand, but here, here's the consequence of that. When, when an IRS, let's say the IRS sends you a notice about like, an item or two on your business, right? And you answer it and then they start digging a little more and then they find personal expenses running through your business account. So the IRS doesn't know that personal versus business, if you're running personal through even, oh, no big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal because now all of a sudden your business audit is going to blow up. It's going to turn into a business and personal audit. And it could go from one year to three years. So, and that's just because you ran personal expenses through. The IRS will rake you over the coals and go through your books with a fine tooth comb if they see personal expenses on there. Because if they, I saw, we had a client once who put, it was the same thing that you were saying. It's like, well, it's all my money. I own the business. I own the personal, (laughs) but they put an account. They, they took a trip to France for, for the whole family, you know, and the accountant at the time did not know that was personal. So they ran it as a business expense. And of course the auditor was auditing them and saw that and went, oops, that one transaction turned that business audit into a full-blown business and personal audit for three years. One expense. 
Well, so and that's, yeah. And it's expensive to clean it up because that's whatever, you know, obviously my CPA found out about that. We had to go through everything. Cause like you said, luckily I, you know, have not been audited, but we needed to have everything going uh, explained for if that ever happened, you know, and <laughs> I always joked around. I was like the poor person that would audit me right now <laughs> would be in for it. Luckily I'm okay now. And, you know, I do have a CPA that keeps everything straight, but you know, it wasn't that I was doing anything, you know, bad quote unquote. It was that I didn't know, you know, and why didn't I know? Because I didn't have the professional telling me this is how you need to do it. And here's why, because I didn't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I say that all the time. You don't know what you don't know. And I didn't know, I didn't know to me again, like you said, it was, it was my money, you know, and, you know, sometimes, especially early on, I was funding my own business anyway. I wouldn't have enough to cover the electric bill. So Marie was having to, you know, pay the electric bill. You know what I mean? So to me, it was just kind of like one of those things, well, it's not a big of a deal, you know, and it was a big deal, you know, it was a big deal, you know? So it was kind of like, it was kind of one of those things that, I ended up having to pay so much more to have that fixed later on. And, it, you know, once I started making more money in the business, it was a bigger deal to, to, to not have all my ducks in a row because there was more things to clean up. Not only just the dumb things that I did myself, but then also, you know, this client would pay this, right? Have this contractor and, you know, just different mess, you know, just different mess all mixed up that we had to go through ourselves. Like we were auditing it, like with a fine tooth comb. And that was terrible it was terrible and expensive so expensive so, oh yes uh, yeah yeah it can it can be incredibly expensive and you're right people don't understand exactly what the big deal is you know it's like well who cares it's my business and it's mm-hmm. me personally but you know and as often as I try to explain the scenario that I just did I've I've worked with people who just absolutely will not stop running personal expenses through their business and you can only tell somebody so many times you know i i don't want to be sound like you know their spouse or their mother oh, yeah. nagging um but you know, so after i explained this exact same scenario three times you know i i just stop it's like okay if that's what you want to do that's what you want to do and you will suffer the consequences i've tried to explain why not to do that. Some people, it's just, it's a mindset shift that people have to make. Business is business and personal and personal and the two should not mix. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think it goes back to education. I like the idea that you're doing this, you know, starting a business e-course. I think it's very important because again, we start the business because of the things that we know and we, don't even know to ask the other questions because we don't know that they exist. No, and I absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not even like, cause I hear people go, well, just make sure you're asking the questions. Well, that's not easy because there was a lot of this stuff that I didn't even know existed. So how am I going to ask a question about it? You know, and that's, you know, one of the things that, um, even when I'm working with somebody from a, you know, a marketing level, you know, they'll hire me as a consultant and, you know, we end up dealing, like I, I can do sales trainings and I do leadership trainings and I do stuff like that. But we, a lot of times you'll end up digging back and be like, okay, this is a mess. Well, can you fix that? No, that's not my thing. I can refer you to this person and that person, this person. Sometimes there's several people I need to come in depending on what the problems are, but they end up being like foundational level problems. And even in businesses that seem like they got it all together, because again, that wasn't their area, you know, that wasn't their thing. 
And, you know, I, I, I find it all the time and I'll be honest, it makes me feel a little better as a person. Cause I'm like, I'm not, wasn't the only one that was a hot mess. You know what I mean? It wasn't just me, you know? And, um, I, I you know, I just, I, I like, you know, the idea of, you know, coming on here on the podcast and sharing stories like this, because it, somebody that does that is running their business now, they may not know that that question exists. They may be running personal stuff through their business account right now, not even knowing that it's a big deal. If I would have heard that on a podcast at one point in time, I would have been like, Oh wait, you can't do that. Cause I didn't know, you know, I didn't know. Um, but you know, that's going to make people question things and help them come up with the questions. And then, you know, whatever, um, this launches in the show notes will be the link to her e-course. If it launches before the 19th, you'll have to wait till after the 19th before it shows up, but then I'll make sure I populate that in there. Is there anything else that you want to, you know, share with our listeners before we kind of end up? Um, just like you said, I think build, build a strong foundation, you know, build up systems for your business before it takes off. Because like you already said, um, you know, once you get going and, and you, you want, you don't want to be reactive, reacting to everything. I mean, you want to have things already planned out. Does that mean you need to have a business plan? Not necessarily, but you need to be able to think out farther than just what are you going to do tomorrow? Yeah. Um, and accountants can really help save you time and frustration and money and IRS notices. Um, it's, it's just a lot cheaper to get the information at the beginning than it is when you've already created a mess and somebody's going to try to clean it up. So um, anybody wants to, I, I do a lot of videos. I put on um, any tax, you know, new tax news, which there's been obviously a lot this year because of the pandemic. And if anybody wants to go to my Facebook page, it's uh, Joe McCracken CPA. Um, so look for me there. I, like I said, I have a lot of information there that, that I try to help people with on a day-to-day basis. And yeah, the course, I'll, I'll definitely announce the course there Okay. at a minimum. Well, I think that's great. And good luck, everybody. It's tough. It is. It's tough to start a business. It is. And And it takes guts and it takes courage Mm -hmm. and you can do this. Don't talk yourself out of it. You can do this. Just try to be as organized and forward thinking and courageous as you can be. And it, it'll be worth it. Absolutely. And, you know, make sure that you reach out to people that are, that have businesses now, ask them what they wish they had known. <laughs> I wish I had done that. I wish I had done that. But back to, you know, being afraid about what people were going to think. I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't want them to think I don't know what I'm doing, you know, I want to think, but I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you know, I did not So it's like, it's almost hysterical looking back. It's like, why did I care that they thought I didn't know what I was doing about running an entire business when that wasn't my specialty? You know, that wasn't my, my specialty was not all of that stuff. So I, uh, you know, ask people questions and, you know, definitely look into getting an accountant right away, legal representation right away. Hopefully you never majorly need legal representation, but it's better to make sure everything is done the way that it needs to be done and on the front end. Um, And then start figuring out how to present what you've created to the world. Because I think we end up doing it backwards. You know, we end up, you know, just kind of reacting 
and just throwing the stuff out there. And I say we as, and that was me, you know, throwing the stuff out there. And then, you know, later we'll deal with all the other junk that we don't know what we're doing. But then later you're working with clients and you're busy and you still don't know what you're doing. And it just, the mess is growing bigger and bigger and it's become this like ugly monster. And then it's kind of like one of those things that instead of dealing with it at that point, you're afraid to even look at it. So you're just like closing the door. No, it's like, it's like the messy storage room or something that, you know, you need to clean out, but you don't want to because you're terrified of what's in there. So you just like shut the door. Like you something's know in the closet that yeah. you need, but yeah. you've been shoving all the monsters in that closet yep. and you open yep. it up and it's just an avalanche of exactly. garbage that falls on you that you've been trying to sweep under the rug. Yep. Yeah, don't do that to yourself, please. And it, and it happens, but I mean, no matter what stage you're at, and this is me giving you advice here because I've been there, no matter what stage you're at, even if it's just the biggest mess possible, it's still a smaller mess than it will be tomorrow or next week, next month or next year. So right now, just kind of, again, do it afraid, face it all, you know, don't worry about what you think the accountant's going to think. They have seen everything. And if not, you're teaching them something new. That's what I always joke around my accountant. <laughs> I always joke around him. I am teaching you something. You know, I am, I am valuable. I am an asset. That's always joke around telling him I'm an asset. You didn't even know the things that you didn't know about accounting until I made you look them up. So I am actually an asset. That's what I always tell him because, you know, it's, and it's just say, again, it's the perception and the view and how you approach it. I know that's my negative. I know there was things I didn't do, you know, right on the front end. And sometimes every once in a while, one of them will creep up again, because there's still a piece of it that I didn't, again, didn't even know existed. And I click buttons on somewhere in the world. And then I get a letter. I'm like, Oh, what the heck is this? And I have to call him. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> hey, Jeff, it's me again. <laughs> you know? I don't know what this is, you know? <laughs> okay. You know, and this has been, we'll see three years, three years. So since I formally started really running it like a business instead of just freelancing. And so, you know, and I, you know, the first year, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not a whole year, but the first probably nine months I was trying to do my own accounting. So mess, it was a mess. So don't do that. People do it afraid yeah. contact Joe. She'll walk you through it. Um, if, and I'll have the links to your, to your social media and your website and stuff in the show notes too. And, yeah, I'm excited for your e-course to come out. Do you have a name for it? It's just how to start a business. Is that what it is? I know. I, 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 I'm trying to come up with something that is not quite as boring as I think how to start to a point. business and avoid the IRS. That's pretty um, boring. But Yeah, I would probably leave the avoid the IRS out of it maybe, but... So I don't know if that would like put you on some type of like, I don't know if they have like a flag list of watch out for this person, you know, <laughs> I don't even know if that exists, but <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think CRS is a little busy about that, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can do accounting in my sleep, yeah. but trying to come up with like a name of an e-course like, has been I like, like a month long thing. That one's self-explanatory of what it is. I don't have to question it because there's one, you know, there's something they said for cutesy names. I mean, cutesy names are funny. I like these ones that are kind of like puns or something. They're funny, but sometimes it's like, I don't know what that means. They're funny, but I don't really know what this is. What am I getting? So with this, it's straight into the point. I mean, I like it. So it's like how to start. Okay. Well, I want to start a business, you know, you know, so I think that I like that name. I think it's good. I think it's a good name. Tell, they know exactly what they're going to get. And I would just have, you know, in this course, you'll learn. Nah, 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 nah. You know, what I would do. So, all right. Awesome. Thank you. So, well, um, everybody's heard it here first that she's come up with a name. 
So now you, everybody's going to know what the name is. <laughs> so if you change the name, we'll have to let everybody know because they're going to be very confused. Oh, yes. I think how to start a business is going to be in there somewhere. Yeah. It's whether there's gonna be something tacked on to the end that might change. Oh, well. Well, that would be have a tagline. Yeah, that would be the yeah. tagline. So the name would be how to start a business and the tagline would be the other little sentence. Yeah. Which I, I wouldn't recommend how to avoid the IRS, but I don't know that that would be a good thing. I don't know. Maybe it would. I don't know. There's, there's, I don't know. You know, fear is the motivation. It is a motivator. So, oh, well. All right. Okay. So we'll go ahead and end out. So I'm happy to have you on the show today and I'll make Thanks sure. All the, yeah. It was so much fun. I like having conversations with people and I like telling more of the terrible mistakes that I've made in business and being able to offer a resource to all of those people so they can avoid all my mistakes. This is the whole goal of this show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But all right. Well, it was great having you today. Thanks, Maria. I really appreciate you having me on.